before we start today's episode of Zillennial Canon, make sure to check out our friends within the Zillennial Canon Cinematic Universe, or the ZCCU. Adam's podcast with Joe, Aggressively Okay, where the boys shoot the shit about film. Back to Beck, an exploration of Beck's discography by Courtney and Zach. And the Seltzer cast, where Sean interviews special guests over a cold can of seltzer. Thanks, friends. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Mafia, Hair Salon, Metal Detecting, Kangaroos, Greyhound Trafficking, Stolen Vehicles, Police Chases, and Michael Shannon. This is the Zillennial Canon. I'm Kira. Um, and I am Adam, and I cannot follow up that opening. But boy, oh boy, do we have a treat for you guys today. Today we are joined by, um, you guys already know, by the title of the episode, who's here. Um, I mean, his name's going to be in the title of the episode, but all we've ever talked about is how he wants to cover this movie. (laughs) (laughs) We have Sean Patrick O'Brien here. That's not me. I'm Kangaroo Jack. (laughs) You're Jackie Legs. Legs I'm Jack. I'm the titular Jackie Legs from Kangaroo Jack. That's That's who's in the episode title. I texted yeah. Kira the other night. I said, uh, like, I quoted something about Jackie Legs. Oh, I made she... him read the whole conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I was I... like, what the fuck are you talking about? You make me feel like such an idiot when I reference the movies that we're about to watch. And because I'm like, you know that I finished them two minutes before we start recording. <laughs> I just thought. You watched them like two days before with Mia. Like, no, okay, I'll say this. Mia, she objected to this one. She drew the line at Kangaroo Jack. She, I asked her, and she said, no way. I'm never watching that movie. Um, so I guess we'll get into like how, if that's a good decision on her part, if it's uh, worthy. Has she it. seen it before? Like, Was she like scarred by it? No, she just refused to ever watch it once, I think. This was my first time watching it. But Wait, I've, what? Yeah. <laughs> I, I had never, had never seen it until now. What? Um, I was just very intrigued by... Um, am I supposed to do like an introduction or something? Or are we just going to like... No, we okay. usually just are like... what? I mean, this kind of goes off that. But like, what are your memories with it? Uh, so like... I mean, I guess, Adam, if you wanted to go first with your memories, since Sean is going to go off. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, my memories with this movie are, like, I remember seeing uh, the trailer for it, not in theaters, but on the VHS types for uh, Chamber of Secrets and Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. And for both of those, I was like, I have to see that kangaroo movie. And then eventually... I uh my mom bought it, you know, as she does. She she buys Kangaroo Jack. Can I just say one thing? Yes. You said you have to see that kangaroo movie. That's also what Jerry Bruckheimer said, (laughs) but I'll get to that. (laughs) (laughs) I also texted Kira last night uh, when the movie started. I said the Jeremy Bruckheimer uh logo is the lineal canon. Like, I wrote. I wrote. The a logo goes off. I'm sorry. Please continue because I have a lot to say about the, 30, <laughs> the first thirty seconds of the movie. 
I okay. I, I mean, I don't have a lot, like a lot to say because it's not like one of my most treasured childhood memories or anything. It's just, I think I liked it as a kid, even though it's like such a fucking tonal mess on every level. And I know we're gonna get into it, but um, as a kid, I liked it, and I've always remembered it in the back of my head. Um, and then I kind of forgot it for a long time. And then Kira one day said, "Hey, Sean wants to do Kangaroo Jack," so now it's been back in the back of my head and well, it's been Sean's slowly been, sean's been wanting to do kangaroo jack since we started this podcast but i right. have a reason why and i could say like why i specifically what i remember from a child in kangaroo jack and then i'll say why i want to do it or why i've wanted to like bug you guys and been like i want to be on and talk about this but Kira, if you want to like say your childhood memories of Kangaroo Jack before, <laughs> then I'll I'll go on a deep rant about <laughs> Mr. Jackie Legs. Okay, so I think mine are I don't remember if I've seen this movie, but I know that a friend of mine had it on VHS, and I can't remember if we ever watched it. But I remember the case, like the cover of the box, and I was like kind of scared of it. Um, but I'm not sure. I, like, I don't know if anybody I've ever known in my life has seen this. Like, nobody's ever talked about it with me other than Sean. Um, I can't remember if I've seen it. Um, and also, when I went to put it on, it was a 64% match for me on Netflix because it's a goofy action comedy. <laughs> See, Netflix told me it was a gangster movie. <laughs> like when I looked it up on I Google, I was it said like Kangaroo Jack gangster film, and I, was I mean like, they're not wrong. It's... Whoa, yeah, it's based uh, on the algorithm of what we watch. Probably, yeah. Um, Kangaroo Jack, I don't remember. I definitely have never seen it, but I do remember watching Kangaroo Jack Good Day USA yes. on Cartoon Network. I am um, really where... glad you brought that up. Ahmed Best, uh, a.k.a. Jar Jar Binks, voices Lewis, and mm. none of the cast returns. Um, I've Animated movie, some... by the way, not live action. Exactly. So yeah. I'm assuming they were able to do all the things that they tried to re-edit into the Kangaroo Jack movie, but animated. Um, I remember liking that watching it once on Cartoon Network and never seeing it ever again and having no fondness or memories of Kangaroo Jack as a child. Now, the reason why I bugged the Zillennial canon to be on here is because something that has fascinated me and something that I've advocated for is that there is an R-rated cut of Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> and Kangaroo Jack was initially called Down and Under, which is a gangster comedy with one scene... Oh, wait, no. So, yeah, it was a gangster comedy. Um, I just want to ask you guys, what do we imagine the poster to look like, like, before Kangaroo Jack turned Kangaroo Jack? Um, that one girl in her white t-shirt that's wet <laughs> in, the, in the ocean, and then, like, them with their guns out around her in, yeah. like, the, in, in, like, a jeep. But their guns are, like, near their lower areas oh of course yeah definitely and that still is present in the movie all of that even though it's rated pg and it's a family comedy <laughs> i'm so, always fascinated by movies like this because i'm like how i mean not that there's anything quite like it but like the fact that some movies are cut down by a few ratings and then they're clearly marketed towards kids 
Right. And I can't imagine like what like a mom or a dad that took their kid to see the Saturday morning matinee must have felt like when their kids were watching it. Exactly. So yeah. they did. Uh, there's a fantastic article that I read that I highly recommend everybody reading. I took basically all my information from this. It's called How Jack Hopped Away with a PG Rating. It's from the LA Times from 2003. Um, essentially, Jerry Bruckheimer heard the idea and said, I loved the idea. It was interesting, clever, and I hadn't seen a film with king- a kangaroo in years. And it being the hottest selling <laughs> like comedy at the time. And this was supposed to be like an R-rated comedy called Down and Under. And it tested terrible. And the only thing that they kind of liked was kid like they kind of saw that people like kids really liked the kangaroo um and it was like right after snow dogs so like the success of snow dogs they were like (laughs) we're gonna re-edit the movie and we're gonna put a kangaroo that wraps in it and try to take out as many dirty jokes we can but then also try to leave them in because like shrek was successful even though shrek is not as dirty as everybody says and the two writers, I, I forgot to share this. I just wanted to share this excerpt. Is that the two writers who wrote this movie said, or one of them said, we were drinking in a bar when Steve told me the story as, it, as if it really happened to these two guys. And I said, that's the greatest idea in the world. Let's <laughs> sell it. It ended up becoming the biggest selling comedy pitch ever. So they pitched it, yeah, and then test screenings were terrible, and they said, we have to save this movie, let's make it a children's movie with a kangaroo. Um, And they replaced the animatronic kangaroo with the CGI kangaroo. I don't (laughs) even know what to say. Like, I kind of assumed that that this was the whole thing, and I I feel like you've told me all this before. But I mean, I don't know if I have enough space in my brain for like that much kangaroo jack information. But it really like you can it's it's crazy what they chose to keep in is is what I'm thinking. Here. Well, there's definitely some scenes and I think like clearly the obvious of like um wet t-shirts and boobs and stuff, but like there's also some scenes that I'm like, oh, this is just straight out of down and under, like where they are just like hey, Lewis, I'm going to buy you a beer. And they just, like, go into an Australian bar and they have, like, it's, like, all the gritty people of, like, Australia. Like, for that five minutes of the movie where they're just, like, sitting in the bar and, like, trying to talk how to get, like, this money back from the kangaroo. Like, it just, it totally feels like it was just, like, stripped from another movie and, like, put into Kangaroo Jack. I just want to, um, so I thought that I had looked on the Kangaroo Jack Wikipedia page and I was looking on Jerry Bruckheimer's Wikipedia page and I hit back thinking that I'd go to the Kangaroo Jack page and it was actually um, the Juggalo Wikipedia page because I got really into that before we started recording. This is the second podcast I've been on today where we were discussing Juggalos. Oh my God. Did you know that they're like a gang? Like they're considered yes. a gang by the FBI? Yes. I didn't yes. know that. that okay. Was a, that was another thing that was discussed. <laughs> Um, yes, uh, we were but, talking about Fago today. So Fago, oh. like the soda, that's like the official soda of the insane clown posse. That is no pun intended insane. Um, so <laughs> one thing I, I, I feel like I can't find any information on was I think Australia itself, the location is Zillennial Canon. 
Why was Australia so hot in the 2000s? Outback. Finding Nemo. We have Crocodile Hunter. Outback Steakhouse. Like, and a lot of times I think, like, was this sponsored by Australian, like, tourism? Like, did they get, like, tax breaks? I didn't want, like, I didn't sit through the credits because it tried to autoplay the movie Nightcrawler for me. Um, and I can't find any information on that. But it's just too, like, like, most of it, I was just like, there's no... Okay, so like, yeah, the location, but I mean, every single thing in this movie, I was like, this do- like this doesn't have to happen. Like, why is this happening? You know, like I don't yeah. like being like that with movies, being like, oh, that's not realistic. Why is that happening? But this movie, legitimately, every single thing that happened, I was like, why did that happen? You know? Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> the entire movie makes zero sense, and it's a whole. I mean, for what Sean described, it makes sense. Why it makes no sense? Because it's a total mess from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I gotta say though, after all the Snyder cut stuff, I really do want <laughs> release Down and Under. I've been saying I, it for so long. I want to see Down and Under. It's not going to be a good movie. It's going to be a shit movie, and I want to see it so bad. I want to see it terribly now because I want I my memories of it to be crushed. Something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know what, though, I will say is that, like, it's definitely not as, like, it's totally insane for reasons I'll discuss later, but it's not as worse. Like, it feels like, like a real movie. And I think one fact that I didn't say is that they spent $10 million to shoot additional footage to reshoot. So yeah. I feel like they were able to cover their asses a little bit more than other movies because they had Jerry Bruckheimer on their side and he was just like the hottest producer at the time. Yeah. So the $10 million definitely um, like, I don't think that the general public would see that movie and be like, Hey, what's up with that? Like, why was, why, why did it feel weird? Like, why did it, why did it feel all over the place? Like, it feels like a movie from that era and I probably wouldn't have bat an eye to it if I didn't know these facts but um yeah that just like totally explained it to me once i found out all about this so jerry bruckheimer (laughs) wait wait real quick was it cut down from pg-13 or from r i don't know okay see because it could have it's just it makes all the difference really it It might have been pg-13 actually Wow. Yeah, because like I was gonna say, like even um, the scenes they kept, because I'm like, if it was rated R, like it, some of it just doesn't add up. But if it's like a really shitty PG-13 comedy, that that makes more sense to me. Oh, actually, the um, I think the MPAA did give it an R rating at first. Wow. So God. there is an R-rated cut. That makes <laughs> a lot of sense. Now, do I think this cut exists? Like people said with the Snyder cut supposedly that it existed or I, whatever i don't i think the footage is gone i really I, i'm starting to think that it's just it's it, who who would be saving this literally like who 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 at warner brothers is like it what? belongs in a museum exactly but i don't think it would be a good movie regardless it's fascinating though <laughs> Exactly. Like, I want to see, I want to be from another dimension where they're like, remember that movie Down and Under? Or I guess in 2020, everybody would be like, nobody remembers the movie Down and Under. Like, I don't think it would have made as much of an impact as Kangaroo Jack did. 
I mean, like I said in my memories anecdote, I've never heard anybody talk about Kangaroo Jack but you. But it so made like... money. It made money. Like, I feel like anybody from our, like, childhood, if we were to be like, oh, do you remember that movie Kangaroo Jack? They'd be like, yeah. But if we were, if we were in the other dimension and said, do you remember Down and Under? They would be like, no, what's that? You know, like, it's just... I feel like it would have been forgotten about or like played on TBS like a million times. And then like, that's it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if it would have made it to TBS, honestly, because it's like, <laughs> it sounds like if it, the test screenings were as bad as you say they were, like this could have been like one that just completely like welcome to Mooseport, If you know what that movie <laughs> is, like the worst PG 13 comedy I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> what a welcome to Mooseport moment. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta deep fry that meme. when you when you watch a bad movie wow like a bad pg-13 comedy what a welcome to mooseport moment that was uh the kangaroo jack test screening wow what a welcome <laughs> to mooseport moment it's crazy because you know there is mooseport. people like our age that have seen down and under like there's somewhere i don't know where they are now but like there is people who were kids at the time that were brought to the test screening that were just like oh yeah remember when we saw kangaroo jack before it was kangaroo jack like i it, it's probably i don't know just in their brain and they pushed it all away or what but do you think their ndas expired by now because we should try and find somebody um i don't know i mean i'll public i always say that um something that i've shared with everybody i know and now i'll share it on a podcast is that i've seen a three-hour cut of dirty grandpa and it was the most incredible <laughs> film i've ever seen um so there is stories like that that come out but like look i'm not going and being like oh remember the three-hour cut of dirty grandpa well here's everything that happened because i don't remember like that was like i don't know when dirty grandpa came out but like say it was like four years ago i can't tell you what jokes are different or what jokes are still in the movie like I if I can't remember that then I don't think a lot of people are going to be like oh this is what happened in the film down and under like I think it's just lost except for mm-hmm. maybe like the producers or the writers on the film let's get Jerry Bruckheimer on the pod yeah I feel like he would do it just mm, no <laughs> I'm kidding but I um I, I guess it would have to be PG-13 right because they couldn't like ask parents to bring kids into a test screening for a knowingly R-rated movie, right? True, yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Um, it's like that uh, from John Mulaney in the Sack, Sack Lunch Bunch, where it's like the kids being like, I liked this character, and they're like around like a conference table. Yeah. Do you guys remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What a John Mulaney in the Sack, sack Lunch <laughs> Bunch moment. So, uh, I would like so Jerry to... Brooker. <laughs> yeah, I have something to say about that. Um, um, so that logo... Okay. What yes. what is that like? What does that bring up in you guys? Well, I would like to say that I think it's insane that um, a musical motif throughout the film um, that is used in Jerry Bruckheimer's logo that I think becomes like the theme of Kangaroo Jack is like the next episode, like the Snoop Dogg Dr. Dre song. And uh, they I don't like, think that's usually over his logo. I think that's because. Of no, him. no, exactly. No, what I'm saying is like it. What's bizarre about it is that one, they use it in his logo and there's like kangaroos running and there's like mm-hmm. a crazy lightning bolt and it's like insane and chaotic. And then they're using the next episode. But the next episode sounds like it was like scored. 
Like, it doesn't sound like it's, like, the song that was just put in there. Like, it sounds like the composer of Kangaroo Jack recorded what sounded like the next episode. And then I I checked in the credits. They had to credit them for the next episode. It's, like, it's very bizarre. Like, it was, I don't know, like, just the use of that throughout the movie is, like, really strange. Yeah. Well, that's, like, uh, when, like, when, like, Warner Brothers and, like, when there's like a superhero movie, like a DC movie or like Harry Potter and they make the Warner Brothers logo like fucked up. Yeah. Barry is like, yeah, you're right. Let me try. <laughs> well, I just know it's that that's interesting because it's like, I don't know, like say if you were to see a Harry Potter movie or like, I always think like the beginning of Fantastic Beasts where like they show the Warner Brothers logo and it has like the little like Harry Potter theme. Mm-hmm. And then like, you're like, oh, I know it's like a Harry Potter movie. But them using, like, the next episode in front of, like, the Jerry Bruckheimer logo, are we supposed to, like, associate that? Like, oh, that's Kangaroo Jack's theme song. Like, I know yeah. he's coming. Like, that, yeah. it's it's just, like, there's no fan base for Kangaroo Jack previously. So to use that, it's, like, very weird. And I don't know. Adam, what is this, uh, what does this lo- logo, this company thing bring up in you? What do you associate I, it with the most? I mean, the Pirates movies, probably, like. Because I don't know, there's just something about like that was like my Lucasfilm logo back in the day. Yeah. Like, because every time I would go see a Pirates movie in the theater and the, you know, the lightning strikes and the logo, I'd be like, oh yeah, hell yeah, here we go. It's a very it's like a severe, like, like, okay, let's like go around the room. What's your favorite like production company? I feel like we might have a few in common. Personally, this one's cool. Like I logo think, or you're yeah, saying like like, like the okay. production company. I like obviously we love Blumhouses. It's cool as hell. Love that one. Yeah. Like yeah. What are some of your? <laughs> um, my favorite's the Dark Universe from Universal. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I like um, I like to have a very serious answer. I like how the Warner Brothers logo plays as time goes by. Yeah. Yes. I've always thought that was really cool. I'm saying this unironically. I genuinely love each time a Nickelodeon movie comes out and then logos different each time. Yeah. Like it's either like a bouncing ball or like a splat or just something random. Similarly, mm-hmm. similarly to that is that um, like the Seth Rogen's point gray logo with like the desk always yeah. changes for a movie too. And I always thought that was really cool. What's Can't the one? The TMNT one. <laughs> <laughs> What's the one? Uh, I, th- I feel like it's usually on like, is it Judd Apatow or like Seth Rogen movies with like the kids? Is it Good Universe? Whose company is that with like the spark? Oh, they're like running with the spark. Yeah, it's like yeah. cute. Um, I like that one. Also, I like Bad Robots. That one's kind of little. Yeah. And also the one Monkey Paw uh, as well. Yeah, the one uh, Robert Rodriguez's thing. Oh, Troublemaker. Oh yes. yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good one. Wait. But, are we are we zillennials if we don't mention hi i'm paul oh i was gonna bring that up with the nickelodeon thing but like yeah i guess he's king i always think about tiktok where i'm also not a zillennial but i'm a zillennial in spirit yeah i always think about that one tiktok where it's like oh you like uh a24 movies and it's like oh like what's your favorite kind of movies and he's like uh dna productions hi i'm paul (laughs) Well, wait. The um, to go back to the Troublemaker Studios logo real quick. Mm-hmm. The best one ever was when you're sitting in the theater for Spy Kids 3D, 
and then he like shoots out of the screen and that and strike boy and lava girl like he goes yeah. off the track and just shoots out of the screen and it's incredible mm-hmm. each um, time that's like a spy kids 3d moment uh, um, yeah personally uh jerry Bruckheimer to me is only uh National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets, not the first one. Um, um, because I only had the second one on DVD and not the first one. But it's they're both, like, so good. Yeah, I mean, we'll cover them eventually. Um, did you know that this man is 76 years old? Oh my god. He was born, like, during World War II. Wow. <laughs> Talk about a boomer moment. <laughs> Imagine making bad boys for life while being born in World War II. He was a bad boy, boy for life in World War II. <laughs> he was, like, one year old during World War II. Yeah, he was a bad boy. He wouldn't follow any rules. <laughs> Imagine having... Spitting off, uh, yeah, and spitting off his food and... His baby mush. <laughs> Imagine having Bad Boys for Life and G-Force under your credits. <laughs> Some of his first film credits were working with Paul Schrader. Like, that's literally... <laughs> that's great. Wait, Can I talk about the opening of this movie? Sorry, wait. Wait, really quick. <laughs> I, I just want to say, in his... Uh, uh, when he was 17, before moving to Arizona for college in Michigan, he was an active member of the Stamp Collecting Club. <laughs> That's me right now. I keep buying stamps. <laughs> Support the USPS, guys. Yeah, yeah, that's my quarantine hobby, to just keep buying stamps. If anybody wants to be a pen pal, any of you zillennials, just DM me on Twitter or something. No, same. Literally. We'll so... The opening of the movie, I would like to share that I laughed so hard when it was like big red letter title card, Kangaroo mm-hmm. Jack, and then it was like soft cells tainted love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And something that, I mean, I think uh, this whole movie, I watched it with the idea of like, okay, what was re edited and what was not. I feel like the opening of the movie where he's like, Yup, that's me. I'm yes. Charlie Carbone. Yes, was just exactly. like every scene was like too much. Like it, every scene looked too big that it well, was definitely like cut up. Like it was voiceover, like voiceover voiceover exposition is the lineal canon. Like especially in the like, first two minutes. Yeah, that's in yeah. like every single movie we've ever watched in our lives. Right. Is like, yup, that's me. You're probably wondering how I got into this situation. Like, yes, that's a meme, but it's also, like, present in every single movie that we watched. Of course. Before the age of, like, 15. Yeah, it just seems like knowing this was, like, a gangster movie initially, all of the scenes in the opening are, like, just from, like, a filmmaking standpoint, like, every single cut that they show to is just, like, way too elaborate to be, like, a scene with voiceover over Mm -hmm. so like when christopher walken appears like it does look like there was like maybe a five minute scene that was there that they cut down to like 30 seconds um so i feel like you definitely see like the re-editing of the film just off the bat like the second the movie starts yeah yeah i mean it make you have to wonder like why like you have to assume he had a bigger role in the original cut because like he's in like what one scene of this movie yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I wrote like I feel like 
similarly to the Peter Pan musical, I feel like he didn't know what movie he was in. Um, like one, <laughs> and maybe it's because it was like re-edited, but one time I saw a comment on a scene from Showgirls on YouTube and it was like, I think Gina Gershon was the only one that actually knew what movie she was in, like what movie she was acting in and everyone else was just like vibing. And I think that that was the case with Christopher Walken is that he was just like, everyone else was like, yeah, here we go. And Christopher Walken was like, yeah, I, uh, I'm in this movie. Well, he plays it like it's a gangster comedy because that's initially like what he signed on for, you know? Um, and another thing I thought was like insane in the beginning was, um, in regards to Christopher Walken is that he says the line, a lion can raise a mouse, but the mouse is still a mouse, which to me, hearing that just sounds identical to his like two little mice speech from catch me if you can. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I think it was like right after it, but he's like. Two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard and they eventually turned the cream into butter and crawled out. I'm like, that is like, I don't know. just like. Well, that's literally, that's about uh, how the two main characters met that he drowned. Right. (laughs) And he saved them. (laughs) Exactly. No, it just seems like so much like Catch Me If You Can to like just hear Christopher Walken using like a um, metaphor about mice. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I also <laughs> thought it was crazy that uh, in regards to the drowning, um, they used the actual score from Superman, um, which is su- like super bizarre, I was going to say. Yeah, I guess super bizarre uh, when the superhero that they're honoring is a, a very generic superhero called Captain Amazing. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, like, they got the rights to the Superman score, but they couldn't get the rights to Superman itself. Or, I guess, while shooting, they didn't think they were going to get the rights to Superman. So, it's just like, we loved superheroes. We loved Captain Amazing. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, okay. That's me. It's like when Adam, when Adam tries to talk to me about Marvel movies, I'm like, yeah, like, uh, like, Captain Amazing, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was um, working this weekend at the theater, and I walked there showing the Goonies, and I think they just played the Superman theme at some point in that movie. I don't know. I've never. I haven't seen it like in many years. But the second I walked by the theater and I heard the theme playing, I was like, "Oh, she have to watch Kangaroo Jack tonight," because I remember it from the beginning <laughs> of that movie. <laughs> um, I also would like to say that I was had no idea that Michael Shannon was in this movie and I will <laughs> screamed when he appeared because <laughs> I you're like, like you're like that video of the Avengers uh theater in but intro, literally. <laughs> and he's like Michael Shannon's like pretty decent in this movie because he's like decent in anything but also yeah. like yeah. he's not that good because it's kangaroo jack like if, if it was like something else then it'd be like yeah oh he was pretty good in that but i don't know i would have much rather seen a movie that was like good christopher walken and michael shannon together i mean i know you haven't seen it sean uh because we were going to watch it but adam did you see that like movie about him in the town with like the furries or whatever that everyone was pottersville about? yeah no oh no shit I, f- I remember that trailer going viral on like film twitter yeah, but I totally fucking forgot that movie existed until you brought yeah. it up. Yeah, I mean, 
that's not Zillennial, but one day we should just watch it anyway. Uh, I'm good on that. But, I mean, <laughs> no, maybe. It'll maybe. be a one-off, a one-off when, when you say... I think when it's a Christmas say, movie. When Adam says, ah, like that, it means that either my mic cut out and he didn't hear me, or I suggested something that he does not want to do and doesn't <laughs> want to <laughs> tell me. I'm just too nice to say, like, <laughs> no. <laughs> So, do you guys, like, describe the plot of the movie at all, or we just, like, discuss it? I mean, um, usually we do, but I don't even know where to start. This is the most we've probably talked about a movie. Okay. I'll, I'll well, say this, though. There's a correlation between this and Fast and Furious in that they are both trying to deliver uh, televisions. Oh, or, yeah. Oh, in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, I, I had I'm, no idea what was going on throughout the entire movie. I'll tell you that. I liked the dog named Waffles. Yes, I wrote that in the margins. I said the only yeah, good thing is dog a named dog Waffles. named Waffles. And I thought I kind of chuckled when at the part when it's like, she's frozen with fear. Um, it makes I, me laugh. I, it makes I me think laugh. that was one of the only moments I laughed, too. Yeah. I just, I like a good, <laughs> I like a good dog. Also, the, like, the dog is always, like, peeing, you know? That's a zillennial moment. So, the dog peeing. They botch a job and then they're sent to do a job in Australia. And yeah. which, I, like, why? I don't know. Um, can I talk about the airplane? <laughs> you can talk about whatever you want because okay. you're the most excited person <laughs> here to watch this movie. Okay. <laughs> All right. So they go on the airplane yes. and he's like trying to calm him down. Yes. Anthony Anderson to Jerry O'Connell. And Anthony Anderson up. of uh, Jerry Bruckheimer's uh, Transformers. And Jerry O'Connell from I Met Him Right Before Quarantine Started. And I'll tell that story at the end of the podcast. Okay. Um, okay. So they go on the airplane and Anthony Anderson's trying to like calm him down. And he just pulls out loose candy from yes. his pocket. Yes. Okay. I understand the <laughs> idea of like movies about man children i get yes. that i like that i love judd apatow i love seth rogan yes. however this movie is personally scary for me because what you have is nine-year-olds in the bodies of adult men yes the way that they act is not human it is Watch like on. It's almost like you haven't seen the movie Grown Ups. Oh, wait. I haven't. You haven't. I haven't. It's good movie, by the way. Uh, I think think what bothers me is that... Okay. (laughs) Adam, never tell Sean to watch Grown Ups in your home. Sean, you should watch Grown Ups. It's pretty good. I like it. I I might. Okay. No. Oh, my God. I literally have a shirt with Adam Sandler on it right now. Wearing. What really bothers me is that... (laughs) clearly this movie like whenever it gets a little bit like body like and this is just jumping like so far ahead but also like it makes i guess it uh makes sense with what i'm talking about is that like okay so they go into a hot spring and it's like wet white t-shirt and boobs and jerry o'connell's acting all slick and he's like oh (laughs) i i'm can i can i be in the hot spring with you and it's fucking gross yeah because the whole movie they're acting like nine-year-olds 
Yeah. And then, not only that, just when it gets a little... Is this what the movie little... Good Boys was like? <laughs> I, don't, I guess. Just when it gets a little bit too sexy, then Anthony Anderson does a cannonball into the hot spring. And it's yeah. like, hey guys, wait for me! And it's like... That's the general vibe. Well, the, that's what I'm saying. Is like It's clearly re-edited in a way of like, okay, he's gonna jump into the pool, or like the hot spring... To like mm-hmm. block their sex, so mm-hmm. the movie doesn't have any sex. Like it's uh-huh. so it's so gross. It just like those like a a sexy comedy, like a raunchy sexy comedy, and then a movie for children. It doesn't it does not go together in like the grossest way possible. I, I genuinely wonder though. Like, did any parent take their kids to see this movie? Did, they, did any of them walk out and was like, yeah, that they was pretty good. That, so that's what the article that I mentioned, a lot of it is like, they marketed this on Nick Jr. And they have these yeah. jokes in it. Like, well, we were talked about that. We talked about that regarding Transformers, which also Jerry Bruckheimer, correct me if I'm wrong. I just remember that man's lightning bolt before every movie. Um, but that's like, we talked about it on the Transformers episode. Like the ridiculous, like, all Transformers is just dick jokes and that was like on Nickelodeon. Right. Like they promoted that all the time on Nickelodeon. And also it's based off of like a children's toy, so obviously they're gonna promote it to kids. But this is just like ridiculous. And I literally like had like secondhand embarrassment at multiple points during this. Because I was like I was like watching it like alone in my room and I was still like, wow. Imagine, like, a child watching this. No. I'm good. Can I ask, how do you guys feel about didgeridoos? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like that one guy in Spongebob. <laughs> what? You know. <laughs> I uh, do, yeah, yeah. Is that the marching band episode? The classic? I think so. Where it's like, oh, didgeridoo guy. Yeah. I oh. just feel like there was a lot of didgeridoos in this movie, so I had to bring it up. Yeah, a lot of like sound motifs of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a fan personally, but I don't think it fits into the film that often. I would like to see it. Well, uh, the movie it didn't have to take place in Australia. I feel like no, that's the no, main no. thing. Yeah. I, I do like that the explanation for the Australian setting is just at the end. Well, he wanted to kill you, and it's like so you sent them all the way to Australia. It could have been like Japan, though. That's like right. a similar distance. I'm so glad it was not Japan. Yeah, true. It, it would have been because more. It would have been so offensive. Yeah, true. This movie yeah. was like already. Ugh. Um, I would like to share, like, why was there? I mean, I know why because, like, if you look at the people who made it and just like the era, but like any time there was a joke or like they'd be hugging specifically at the end. He's like, um, hang on, I wrote it down. It's it was terrible. <laughs> it's two thousands trope of someone saying, uh, guys, when people are hugging, and then Anthony Anderson immediately backs <laughs> away and says, "Hold on a second, we're having a very non-intimate gay moment." <laughs> yes, I thought of that right when it Ugh. happened. It's awful. I literally terrible. had on I literally had on subtitles and I missed that. <laughs> oh, did you? Was yeah, that, I watched that. I felt secondhand embarrassment about. Yeah, and I think they make a game joke as well when they're, you know, like when they go into the bathroom together and they're like looking at the money 
And then like, oh, yeah, yeah, that went on way too long. And I specifically wrote down like these jokes are so detailed and inappropriate, like when they're in the bathroom in the airplane. But you know what is like, I think in my mind, that scene specifically, and then also the ending, which we'll talk about, um, were the impact of Austin Powers. (laughs) Yeah. I so can see that. Yeah. when they're in the bed, ba- so for listeners, if anybody doesn't want to revisit Kangaroo Jack, and I advise you not to because it's dog shit. <laughs> um, like they're in a bathroom and they're like flipping through money together on an airplane. But from the outside perspective of like the stewardess, they're um, it sounds like they're talking about like poop. So it sounds like yeah. they're like, oh, I- like. I- read it that they were talking about like the the beepers like that, that's how i interpreted it <laughs> the yeah one. that too but what did you say kira <laughs> say it one more time i didn't hear you <laughs> i thought you were just trying to make me uh repeat myself and embarrass myself i actually didn't um, hear you <laughs> I thought it was supposed to be like a body joke of them being in the airplane bathroom. I didn't think they were talking about poop because they were saying very detailed words. It said a lot about poop, though. Yeah, it was like, uh, it's brown, but there's like a little bit of green in it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It also like who who would just like say that? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but well, um, I, mean, I mean, when you put it in those terms, like every single thing that happens in this movie, who would say that? Would, who would do that? Who is that? They're not human. It's like, and I, bizarre. I never interpret movies this way or react to movies in any way. And I like am honestly, I hate that kind of uh, criticism of movies being like nobody acts like this. Like I think that's stupid in my opinion. I mean, like, no offense to just people in general, um, but this movie is valid. <laughs> no, you really have to question it because it is disgusting. Like, it's so gross. And yeah, like, um, uh, ugh, it's just, it was painful. Like, it was literally so painful to watch. Also, Zelenal Cannon is like eating hot candy or hot, like, yeah, Chef like spicy stuff. Eat and hot then... trip and lie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So they land in Australia and they get in like a Jeep. And the line that I wrote down was, This is the Cadillac of the Outback. And then it's smash cut and down under by Men at Work starts playing. Okay. I wrote something <laughs> about this song. So what are some songs that you guys do you guys ever get like secondhand embarrassment from songs like whenever yep. you hear a song centerfold by uh jay giles band <laughs> <laughs> i remember sitting in the adventure land parking lot in a bus while a kid was throwing up outside and the bus driver was blasting that song to mask the kid throwing and like to not hear the kid just like barfing outside and so anytime i hear that song which i also feel like is on every radio station at any given moment like if you yeah, were to that, ever flip that always comes station, on the local like, classic rock station. and i'm like garbage garbage shut it off i hate it that's a secondhand yeah. embarrassment right adam what are some of your secondhand embarrassment songs <laughs> i don't know if i ha- i mean only like disney like songs that play like on disney uh radio disney or whatever yeah 
so that's the only no canon just radio disney in general yeah uh, but um i don't know if i like anything specific because like most of like i don't find songs like ironically good like if yeah. it's a bop it's a bop. i mean not not ironically good but like you physically have like a physical reaction to it when it comes on just like a visceral like cringe i can't think of anything i'm not trying not trying to be boring but i don't have like a good answer here's another one well okay the that song from the Suicide Squad soundtrack that was on the radio all the time. That's a good one. Heathens, right? Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Uh, is yeah. it is that what it's actually called? Yeah. Yes. I mean like that song. <laughs> mine obviously one of them is uh um uh Mayor Pete High High Hopes. Oh that's that a good song one. makes me so yeah, embarrassed to be alive. And one that I love that still makes me embarrassed that it came on my Apple Music like algorithm edited like favorites playlist, um, which I love the song, but I'm so embarrassed over it is Fat Bottom Girls by Queen. <laughs> um, that came on when I was roller skating and I literally like threw myself on my phone to change <laughs> the song. Um, and obviously Land Down Under that's an extremely embarrassing song. I don't know why, but every time I hear it, it's like I just get like a visceral reaction to it. And probably my number one is, I always just call it the Ice Age song, but I think it's also in the movie Matilda. Oh, um, Rusted Root. Yes. Where it's like, Send oh, me on my way. Da, 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 oh, and then it's like, Can I say something that you're not going to agree with? Is that what? I also associate that song with everything now by arcade fire because they have the same type of like flute <laughs> i will say i logged into my old youtube channel today because i was just curious to look at it yeah and then it brought up like my 2010s music mix uh-huh and it had and like Al- that song on it? uh al city uh yeah i can't mm-hmm. remember the, the the big one from them i forgot the name of it is it fireflies yes Yes. Yeah, that one was on there. That was like my most recommended for you thing. Yeah. Um, Paramore, which Paramore slaps. Paramore so is good. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying uh, just secondhand embarrassment of how much I listened to that song, Airplanes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I was like 13. Um, yeah. Honestly, not bad songs, but just like stuff that I'm like cringing just thinking about me listening to it at that age. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because there used to be a, uh, which thank God it doesn't exist this year and hopefully it won't exist next year. There's like a very massive music festival that happens literally like two blocks Mm -hmm. away from my house and it's the most disgusting thing of all time. Um, And like they'll probably get like one like kind of big band that has had one popular song in their whole career like once in a while. Um, and they got that band that sings the Ice Age song. And I was just <laughs> in my backyard and I heard it live. And I've never heard any of their other music. Couldn't tell you what any of their other music is. Uh, but yeah, um, I heard that song played live and I still was just so embarrassed by it. But I just had to sit outside and listen to it because yeah. uh, when else in your lifetime, especially now in this time of uncertainty when we don't know when concerts are going to come back, like, if you have the opportunity to listen to the Ice Age song performed live, why wouldn't you? I wish I had rusted root in my backyard right now. 
<laughs> Listen, when the Great South Bay... Oh, <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. I'm going to bleep it so people don't know where I live. Um, uh, no, I'm not. Just kidding. Uh, 30 people listen to this and we're friends with all of them. Um, so I think if the music festival comes back next year, they should get Insane Clown Posse because that'll add a little bit of a a little bit of a spice to our town, like get people a little angry yeah. over some different things. They would be so mad if they came and I'd be like, let's go juggalos. Yeah. Um, I am personally, I'm into, I'm not into insane clown posse. I am so fascinated by them because their videos are great. That too. And also one of their songs is like a TikTok, like trending song right now, like a trending TikTok audio. And if you go on the audio, it's literally like a bunch of like, um, like Gen Zers and like, it's literally like they, <laughs> they're like, are you on alt TikTok or like straight TikTok? And it's like a bunch of like teenagers and their girlfriends, like literally just like it, like gay couples, like doing like this like it's insane clown posse and nobody knows it's insane clown posse because the audio is about like going over to your house for dinner and like trying to impress like your significant other's parents or whatever. Um, and it has like a, it has like a fun beat and a little like, like it has like a little like popping noise that people like to like lip sync to. But then if you click on the audio also like every like 10th video is like somebody in they're like mid thirties um, that has like tattoos and is just like, they have like a blurry front facing camera and like a bad filter on it. And they're like, these kids don't know anything these days. And they're like, yeah, I had an ICP phase. Like, and <laughs> like, there's no like pure juggalos on the app. Like every, like, like, I don't know who brought the song back. Like, not even back like who brought this song into like the tiktok like i wonder if the juggalos like know about tiktok because i've never seen like a pure juggalo on tiktok i've only seen these like 35 year old people being like these kids like thanks for giving attention to insane clown posse like it's insane (laughs) no pun intended it's wild like you know (laughs) (laughs) anyway don't even know what to say. <laughs> anyway, Land so, Under by Men at Work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's so where it started from. They're in the van. Yes. Right? And yeah. they're driving. Does anyone remember the dialogue that they have about women when they're driving? No, but I know that throughout this movie, Ooh, literally, they just make eye contact with women and are like, whoa, we love it well, here. <laughs> he, they're talking and... Jerry O'Connell, like Anthony Anderson, I think, like asks Jerry O'Connell, like, "What's wrong, buddy?" And he's like, "Well, you know, I'm just like really lonely. Like, I would love to be with a woman. Like, it sounds like he literally sounds like a virgin. Like, it's it's so like, oh, it's just like so gross. And like I said, it's like the nine year old talk and yeah. these adult men." And then it's even grosser. Sorry, I'm sure he's a very nice person and I would work with him and he asked me if he asked me to work with him. But with Jerry O'Connell's like gross face acting, like the he 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 exaggerates every <laughs> line that he gives. So he's talking and being like, 
yeah, like pity me. I haven't been with a woman. Like that's that's literally all he's saying to his buddy, who his buddy is acting the same way. He probably hasn't been with a woman either. It's so Listen, weird. Can I just say? Yeah. I finished this movie what like twenty minutes ago. I don't remember any of this. <laughs> I don't and remember. I'm all usually. Of it, and I never want to watch it ever again. <laughs> I'm usually like I usually forget everything. Adam knows this. The second I finish a movie, I just immediately forget it just because of the way that I am. This movie, one scene would happen, and I had no idea. And I know that it was because of the movie because every single scene, like nothing had any stakes in the sense that like. Anything that happened in a scene, like, didn't matter. Like, just something would happen. Like, yeah, things exactly. would just happen. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Adam, do you feel the same? Sorry. No, no. I mean, it's, uh, like, last night I kind of watched it without my glasses on. So yeah. I was, like, watching it kind of, like, blurry almost. <laughs> like, oh, I, I did that. I think I did that during Solo. Like, I just, like, took off my glasses and, like, let my eyes, like, on focus. Yeah, I mean, I I was just kind of going for it. And I don't know, like, I, it's kind of a blur for me, like, as a whole. But, like, mm-hmm. there's a few particular scenes that I remember. Like, I, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but, like, the scene where he, like, trips and sees a... Uh, he doesn't trip, but, like... He, oh, yeah, <laughs> how could you forget that? Oh, boy, oh, oh boy. Um, I don't know if we want to go to that right away or if we want to... Let me... It. Let me say that when they hit the kangaroo, (laughs) so they, okay, so they hit the kangaroo and he's dead. And then they get out of the car and they start taking pictures of him as if they're the, with a dead body. Okay. As if they're the CEO of Jimmy John's. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) That's Florida man culture. they, They put, Lewis's lucky jacket on the kangaroo and for some reason they say he looks like what is it Jackie two legs what what Jackie legs okay yeah they they say he looks like Jackie legs but the funny thing about Lewis's jacket is that it's just a red jacket or a sweatshirt that says Brooklyn on it Mm -hmm. to imply that they're from New York. <laughs> like, me and Kira are New York-based. Sorry if you didn't want to say that, but, like, we're New York-based. No, I literally I just... Re- <laughs> I don't own any clothes that say New York or Brooklyn or Listen. any of the boroughs that I've, like, ever lived in. Like, Listen. I don't own any of that. And I don't I think ordered, anybody does. I have purchased two Billy Joel shirts in the past week. And... I'm content with that if my entire closet. I guess it's similar to the trend of like, you cut out for a second. Oh, sorry. It's okay. It's my Wi-Fi. Just wanted to let the listeners know, I was going to say this in the beginning of the episode. Um, You're welcome. I ordered a podcast mic and it's coming before the next episode. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So you're welcome to our listeners. I guess I'm next. I got to do that. Yeah, you gotta do it. Zach mm-hmm. is gonna just try and uh Zach's gonna like bitch to me about it and then he's gonna like lose his internet halfway through the episode yeah. like last yeah. time. But um, um I so... was saying something probably stupid about Billy Joel. Yes, well, exactly it's like what you're saying. The <laughs> only thing that I could think of that's like close to that 
is like if I was to wear a shirt that says Long Island, like I wouldn't do that. And like Adam, do you see people wearing shirts that say like Florida and well, Florida? Yes, actually, I do. Like, every, and I, I don't want to go against your guys' point because I think it's a very fair assessment. And this movie's stupid, but Florida, yes, I see like uh, Sunshine State shirts like almost every day, or like Orlando shirts. Every but are day. they tourists? No, just like Nate, like just people. Like my mom has like several. Like it's they're proud to be Floridians, and I'm just like, That's why? Wild. Maybe New Yorkers just <laughs> they, they, <laughs> we hate ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, well, sorry. I don't know. There have, like, if it's, I guess it depends on your relationship to the place also, because it's like, uh, it, like if a t-shirt's well-designed, I guess, sure. I'll go for it. Or, like, for a sports team, like, I don't really love basketball, but Sean and I love going to see basketball games. Um, I would get, like, a Brooklyn Nets, like, whatever, or even, like, a shirt This is Brooklyn with, like, Brooklyn Nets implying that it's a Brooklyn Nets shirt, whether it be by, like, color or design or whatever. Um, or, like, if it's a cool Long Island shirt, like, if it looks, like, vintage or retro or whatever. But but there's a purpose ahead. behind that. It's not just a jacket that just says, like, Brooklyn. No, I, I know. It's, it's funny. It is. And the fact that it's, like, a bright red jacket and the only reason why it definitely exists is so they can pick out this one... Um, kangaroo out of out of all of australia listen in concept a kangaroo wearing a jacket that says brooklyn sounds like pretty badass and in the movie it's like (laughs) not that at all hey guys kira here uh we're just gonna take a quick break um for a word from a sponsor which cool thanks Hey friends, do you love movies? The good ones? Even the bad ones everyone told you not to like? It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts advocating for the immediate production of a third national treasure, to comfy sweatshirts that serve as a call to arms for all those in support of making Judy Greer America's lead. Speaking from my own experience, my Superyaki t-shirts and sweatshirts are my favorite and comfiest things in my closet. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors, like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Superyaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Superyaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. As a special gift to you, listeners can save 10% on their order with the code SUPERFRIEND. That's one word, SUPERFRIEND, all caps, no spaces, at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. That's super. Y-A-K-I dot com. Let's watch more movies, guys. I have to say, the CGI on him is not terrible. No, I I wrote that too. I said the CGI is not bad at all. Like, it does not feel dated in any way. In the context of it being, what, 2002, 2003? Mm -hmm. um, Pretty good, I, I would say. I... Not as I I feel like we watched one recently, Kira, where the CGI is just abysmal. 
can't remember what it was. I but... couldn't tell you what I did yesterday, Adam. Yeah, I, right. I think that there's some... So, like I said earlier, that, like, initially the kangaroo was an animatronic uh, pre-it be called... Like, it being called Kangaroo Jack. It was initially an animatronic. I think right before they hit it with the car, there is some mm-hmm. shots where you can see, like, that is an animatronic kangaroo, and it's not CGI, but I could be wrong. See, I was looking for, uh, like, pictures of the animatronic Kangaroo Jack online, but I couldn't find any. No. I don't think anybody's <laughs> cares about <laughs> Kangaroo Jack. Um, uh, what's the deal with, like, kangaroos punching and, like, kicking? That's the thing that happens, right? Yeah. I mean, well, I wouldn't want to fight a kangaroo. In my mind, the only way I know that happening is from movies. So yeah. they could literally be the most peaceful animals in the world. And I would just assume that they were punch and kick because movies have told me that they have. Wait, I'm sorry. I was looking at, um, I didn't know, like, there was a scene in Sonic where he's animatronic. In Sonic? Like, the new one? Apparently. Like, there's pictures of them building an animatronic Sonic at the studio. Oh. Oh, no, but it was the original Sonic. So I wonder if they had to cut out the animatronic scenes. That's it looks crazy. so bad. It looks really, really weird. Anyway, so, sorry, I didn't mean to go off topic. Um, no, it's okay. I literally ranted about insane clown posse. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. <laughs> um, but wait, what? So, what was uh, going on right before I got into the Sonic? Okay, uh, so yeah, I wanted to mention. So. Okay, so they put the jacket on the kangaroo and the money's in the jacket and the kangaroo like hops away and they're like laughing so hard. And I feel like this is like a trope that happens in a lot of Zillennial movies and maybe you guys like know what I'm talking about, but it's the acting where it's like they're laughing and be like, did you see the kangaroo? That was so funny. He took the jacket and then like Anthony Anderson's like, and the money's in the jacket. Ah! Like, <laughs> he starts, like, whining, and you see his, like, tongue very, like, prominently. Like, I feel like that type of punchline is used in, like, all of these movies. Yeah, like, laughing to crying kind of, like, bits. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Another yeah. thing, too, is, like, um, like, when the kangaroo, like, he, like, grabs the kangaroo, and they're, like, Ah, and then they like go back and forth and are just like screaming at each other. Oh you know? yeah, that's very yeah, zillennial. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 definitely. Um, you know. Did you guys know that um, they hired the director of Coyote Ugly because they wanted it to be like gritty and sexy, and then um, he did Kangaroo Jack, and then he never directed a movie ever again. <laughs> oh my god, poor guy. Honestly, no. I mean, mm. it's really sad. I feel bad because I know that Coyote Ugly was like a success, and he was probably like hot in Hollywood, and was like, "I'm gonna do a gritty gangster movie set in Australia," and then yeah, here we are, <laughs> many years here later. We are. <laughs> well. I'm- I'm kind of fascinated with this guy's IMDb because he like took a uh, a long break and only did like two movies. Well, like he did Kangaroo Jack, and then he did like a few TV series after that. And yeah, took a seven he's, year he's break. since directed, but yeah, the last thing he did was in 2015 where he directed an episode for the CW Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last thing he did five years ago. Yeah. Oh and my then god. He, he's done like TV shows only. Oh my god that's, that's insane i feel really bad because i 
wait. He appeared as himself. You guys got to track this down. <laughs> in a short titled Conversations with Jerry Bruckheimer from 2000. Oh my yeah, it says God. it has Michael Bay, Jerry Bruckheimer, David McNally, yeah. who's the director of this, Tony Scott, Dominic Cena, and Simon West. So <laughs> Somebody gave it a review on IMDb saying 1 out of 10, no insight into anything. That's uh, that's actually that's a review brain. for Disneyland Canon. Literally, <laughs> every other episode but this one, because Sean actually did research in every other episode. I didn't we're just like, yep. That's I our really uh, Wild Hogs episode where we didn't even talk about the movie. Wild My Hogs, we went into so like a Wild Hogs ended up being like a sociological study of like male exactly. friendships in film, though. Like that that's was probably our best episode. It was, that's, but like not because why, it was Wild Hogs. That's why we did Summer of Sandler. Was like <laughs> kind of based on that. So there was a shot in this movie that um, <laughs> the planes were flying directly at Kangaroo Jack, and all the kangaroos were running. And I have to say, it literally looked like North by Northwest, but like Kangaroo <laughs> Jack was in like the Cary Grant role. <laughs> <laughs> And then they pull out a gun and then listen, <laughs> say listen. hello to my little friend. Tranquil, tran- tranquilizer darts are zillennial. Yeah, absolutely. I think we could talk about the Mirage if you guys want to discuss Yeah, I... because Okay, so I told Kira when I texted... Because I texted her the, uh, the hip-hop, hippity-hop line. Yeah, and she yeah. just replied, oh... Like and that's her way of telling me I don't know what you're talking about, Adam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like like it, similarly, sim- bleh, I can't talk. Oh my god, I mean as usual. Similarly to when you say, okay, <laughs> I couldn't say similar similarly earlier as well. Okay, um, so it's not just you, like on this I, podcast. <laughs> I I thought that Kira would remember this because uh, to me. It's the thing that I all like. I always think about Kangaroo Jack, like when I'm thinking about childhood movies, and I think about this scene because I think about the marketing for this movie that pretty much primarily showed this entire scene in the two minute trailer. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and it completely told parents that this is the movie. It's about a wacky adventure with a talking kangaroo. When this is the only scene, other than like the end credits, where he talks, like it's insane to me that they got away with this. It's so nuts. It's really deceiving. I have yeah. to say. I guess and that's I also, why that's probably why there was like people didn't like it. No. <laughs> it was because yeah, it was yeah. literally marketed as like a silly kangaroo movie and then it ended up being like two boys being bad and gross and uh apparently being friends. So okay. <laughs> the mirage yes he speaks he raps but then i think i th- wait so it begins with jerry o'connell like picking up a rock and being like i found the jeep we're getting out of here yeah and, and like then, he thinks that like then, dirt is a smoothie or something right and yeah. then he sees the kangaroo right i think so i don't yeah. know you're the only one that remembers this movie right now sean <laughs> Or is no, because I'm trying to remember the sequence of events. Well, I know that like, Christopher Walken makes an appearance as a kangaroo. Right. And they all shout chicken blood and it's terrifying. I don't know what that means, but they kept saying it. Because he says, um, like what I was saying earlier in the movie, where 
Oh, it had something to do with the lion and the mouse metaphor. But they said something like, oh, he's a chicken. He has chicken blood or something. I don't know. I don't I don't understand that either. I just remember a kangaroo throwing money and breakdancing. And then when there were multiple kangaroos breakdancing, I wasn't. Was there a Michael Shannon kangaroo? Probably. Because the two, the Christopher Walken and I think the Michael Shannon one, like you knew it was them. I mean, other than like everybody knows Christopher Walken's voices, but like you knew it was them because they were doing like New York hand motions. <laughs> <laughs> That's like when uh, when we were talking to the Shrek artists and he was like, we added Mike Myers eyebrows to Shrek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then, like... How do you guys think that Michael Shannon feels about this movie? Has anyone interviewed him about it? Um, I think that he doesn't like it. I, I think he might laugh about it sometimes. Like, he'll be like, huh, remember that? Do you think he just doesn't remember it? Everybody has to look up the red carpet photos of him, or you guys need to, like, oh, tweet Adam it out. Texted it to yeah, I texted it to her <laughs> mid-episode. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> insane. I wonder if that was like the long hair and the beard was like for a project or if it was just like he was like, fuck it. I don't want to be recognized at the Kangaroo Jack premiere. Well, he always has insane outfits. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that was just like his look of the month or whatever. Yeah, literally. Like, remember when he had that like child's T-shirt that was like Hawaii and it was like bright pink? (laughs) (laughs) My favorite look by him personally. So I think if I remember what puts him into this mirage is when he like feels up the female lead. Yes. Cause she punches him in the face and she goes, Oh, it's okay. And he says, he was like, are those real like mirage like, but then like, it's like a boob joke and it's really uncomfortable and just not for a children's movie. Yeah. I don't know. Honestly, not for any movie. I don't know what she's doing. I, I don't I'm like that meme where it's like I don't know who this man is <laughs> she's literally the, the purpose of the female character in this movie is to be this hot is, and move the plot along I mean yeah as with a lot it's of terrible. millennial films it's so but bad this one is just like I don't know who you are I don't know what you're doing I don't know why you're here so they wake up and then do you guys remember what she says to them when she gives them the medicine no. no. Oh, Why don't you tell us? God, <laughs> no. She says, take this medicine. It'll cure you. Because they were like in a trance from the mirage. And yeah. then she says, but your testicles are going to fall off. And oh, they yeah. spit and it out. And then she says, out. I'm just kidding. Yeah. And then yeah. they have it again. And then they spit it out. Listen, spitting out water is the lineal canon. This movie is made up of just tropes and then like 20 movies put together with no, like, you know, the the movie like LaFleur or whatever that was like 13 yeah, hours yeah, long. Yeah. was supposed to be like every genre of movie, but everyone's like, this is beautiful. This is the chaotic evil version of LaFleur. Well, it's an hour and a half, but it feels like it's 24 hours to watch. Yeah, exactly. Did you know that this is a um, an award-winning film? You have so many facts about this movie, Sean. I feel really <laughs> underprepared. I'm sorry. Did you know that it was an award-winning film? What award? A Razzie? 
I know what I the award it, is, but I'm excited for Shonda to share what so, it is. See that Adam? That's what I said to Kira. I said, I guarantee you that Adam has the same note <laughs> as me about this award that the film won. <laughs> And the film, I'm pretty sure it was nominated for Rousey's, but that is not what I'm referring to. I'm referring to Anthony Anderson himself won a Kids' Choice Award for Best Fart in the Movie. Of course, of course. And I think it's Good like when him. they're riding the... Do they ride camels? Is it camels? Yeah, and they're, yeah. they literally say, yeah. I didn't know there were camels in Australia. What the hell are... Like, what... <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> wow what an ishtar moment like <laughs> ishtar moment <laughs> i'm gonna screenshot that and tweet it but um like why were there camels? like they specifically say i didn't know there were camels in australia why don't they ride like they can't ride kangaroos like is that why they ride camels like this movie is like bent another... on being set i mean riding camels is like a thing yeah, but not in Australia. I don't think. I don't know. Is it? I mean, it's I, it's, it's kangaroo jack. I don't know. Continent. They would have to bring them over on boats. Like, yeah, it's a completely different continent. I understand why his best fart won, though, because it was. Like, <laughs> it was insane. a solid fart. It was I mean, like when they were eating berries, but like they were eating berries. I also feel like um, there's moments of the movie that it feels like there's about to be sexual innuendo and then there's like not so there was definitely like cut like one of the things that i was thinking of is like um when they accidentally blow the dart into like the pilot's neck mm-hmm. um he's like reaching for the yes. pilot stick but like I right the same between thing. his crotch yeah. and they don't make a joke about it but like mm-hmm. it's totally a place for a joke and then um the same with the berries. Like, I was like, oh, they're going to trip. Like, they're literally just going to be on, like, drugs. And then they, they changed it to, like, a fart. I don't know if that's true, but that's what it well, seemed like. Well, it's funny because that is, like, bad editing by a studio's part. But, like, that same thing is also, like, <laughs> the way I felt about, like, Wayne's World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it, like, evaded being offensive and it made me really happy. But because this movie is already offensive, you could just see where they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let's cut that, you know? Well, that's also like, uh, I mean, this does not relate to, I mean, it kind of sort of relates to it because it's about like studios editing movies, but like solo. um, Yeah, yeah, totally. Where you could see where like actual comedic parts were edited out, you know? Mm hmm. Why did you get the Phil Lord and Chris Miller cut? I need it really bad because um, I'm pretty sure it would have been like a masterpiece. Like it probably would have been. I agree. Like Last Jedi is like the best Disney Star Wars. But, but yeah. let me tell you, Adam, if I had to choose between the solo <laughs> Lord and Miller cut <laughs> and Down and Under, the R-rated comedy starring my buddies Jerry O'Connell and Anthony Anderson, I'd choose Solo. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> What a Sean Patrick O'Brien moment. The not to go on about solo, but the only reason why I'm like, other than it being like a Lord and Miller movie, the reason I'm like fascinated with it is because people compared Alden Ehrenreich's performance to like Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura, and I'm like, what does that even look like? Because that's not what we got. Because he's like the most boring person in the world. Yeah. Um, I really like Alden Ehrenreich. Oh, but, okay, sorry. 
<laughs> I no, think I... he's cool, but his ba- like the boundaries they gave him because it was like a Ron Howard movie. The yeah. boundaries that they gave him to try to replicate Harrison Ford's performance was yeah. just embarrassing. Like I would have literally yeah. rather Harrison Ford just making that movie. Well, like he's why he was like old. He's like genuinely amazing in Hell Caesar and yeah, agreed. Oh, agreed. I forgot he was in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he's like hilarious in that movie, and that's what I'm wondering. Like if Lord and Miller were like telling him to go full comedic, and then he finds out they got fired for their comedic approach, which is stupid because why do you hire them in the first place? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm going on a whole tangent about the solo, but like that's okay. Sean and I talk about this every single time we leave a movie theater. There are so many any. movies. Whenever we see any Disney or Marvel or Star Wars movie, we literally have the same exact conversation in the car on the way home. And it always ends up getting like me just being depressed about Muppets. No, like yeah. literally that's where it ends up every time. There's so many movies that I wish that, um, you know, like always wanted to see Edgar Wright's Ant-Man. And like, I like Ant-Man, but like that would have been great. Like there's just so many movies that I'm like, okay, if they just let the artists do their work. Great. It's but like, why hire will... them in the first place if you've never seen their movies or their style? Exactly. I think that's why I feel so thankful for The Last Jedi, like, every day, is because I'm like, thank God we actually, like, got it, and he wasn't, yeah. like, fired, right. like, halfway through. Of course. Yeah. It just feels like a miracle that Disney made that movie, in many yeah, regards. I agree. Yeah, and then, unfortunately. And then, um, we couldn't have nice things, and Colin Trevorrow's Star Wars was so much better, and... It was, oh my, okay, just a quick plug. <laughs> The Colin Trevorrow script of uh, incredible uh, Duel of the Fates is what is that what it was called? Yeah, it's um, it's so good. I read it when quarantine first started. It's great. It's like genuinely. I was pumping in public reading that script. It's it like actually fits the trilogy, unlike Rise of Skywalker, and I, I will forever be depressed that it wasn't made. Same. Sean was like reading it on his phone on like his commute home from work and he was just like texting me like spark notes from it while I was at work and I was listening to like the Star Wars score and I was like crying because I was like this is what it should have ended like like it was just <laughs> too perfect I told Mia the same thing and she like was like very cool Adam very cool <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so I would like to bring cool. up the fact that the ending of the film <laughs> already at, at, i i mean if you guys have well, anything yeah, I, like, else stopped, to say, I, but i like stopped taking notes at one like, point because i just wrote in all caps there is no purpose i mean um, you briefly touched and, upon like the sex scene almost yeah so I, I also yeah. i also want to talk about uh when they are captured which i kind of like zoned out and i was like i don't even know what i was doing i was like on the my phone or something scenes suck Okay, well, I don't remember those scenes, but I remember them being, uh, like, they have, like, ropes, and they're, like, tied up or whatever. He goes, look in my pocket for my scissors. And I'm like, is that why he's a hairdresser? Just so they could set up the oh. fact that he has scissors in That's actually a good point. They never talk about him being a hairdresser in any way. No. Like, there's, there's not any jokes. Like, it's just, like, Christopher Walken being, like, you wanted to be a hairdresser, and I opened a hairdresser, like, a salon for you. There's no other references to him being a hairdresser other than the fact that his scissors help them escape exactly yeah that would make a lot of sense wow <laughs> that's a good uh that's a good find actually i didn't even think about that but that's like 
I, I don't know how I just didn't pay attention throughout the whole movie, and that's the one thing that I caught off. <laughs> like, yeah. It's funny, though, because I remember so much of this movie from my childhood, but now that I'm like, I actually watched it again last night, and now I'm like, being ta- like I'm talking about it, I remember like 0.5% of it. Like, it's just yeah. something about the rewatch where really, like killed my brain last night. Like, I woke up, I felt hungover from this movie. (laughs) (laughs) It took me very long to watch this, just because I kept pausing and being like, this is terrible, this is bad, this is really bad, this is worse. My internet went out halfway through the movie, and I was like, maybe this is a sign. That you shouldn't have continued it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was reading the positive reviews on Rotten Tomatoes for it. Yeah, and um, there's only Who one that I want. So we could fight them. We'll fly. <laughs> <laughs> His name is. Could... Never mind. I don't want to threaten anyone on the pod. Not going to threaten this guy, but his name's Larry Carroll from CountingDown.com. Okay. He said Kangaroo Jack is reminiscent of such films as Short Circuit, Monster Squad, and the Dog Knots vehicles of the late '60s. Certainly not the most well-constructed pieces of entertainment, but endearing nevertheless. All right. Well, what movie did that guy watch? Because okay. I'd like, to see it. I would like to I, see. It. I would like to share that in the Los Angeles Times article I was talking about that they say that one critic, a depressed scribe, said that it left him wanting to kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, before I bust out laughing, I'd like to say I hope that man's okay and I hope he's living a happy life. Me too, and I hope that he's never had to see Kangaroo Jack ever again, and I hope that I never have to see Kangaroo Jack ever again. Can I just say, the guy that I brought up, the critic that liked the movie, the yeah. last thing he reviewed on Rotten Tomatoes was Twilight Saga and New Moon, and he gave it an A-, minus. and his blurb was okay, a well, triumph for Twilighters. He's valid. He gives every... He only reviews bad movies and gives them positive rating. It's like his entire... <laughs> you don't have anything nice to say, you don't say it at all. He only has yeah. nice things to say. So I definitely feel like I jumped around and... Um, it's okay. Uh, all we episode. do is talk about <laughs> the ending of the movie and the beginning of the episode. I have a lot to say about the ending of the movie. Okay. Okay. It ends with Cheryl Crow, which I think yes. is like... Yeah. 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 Uh, I, my, my, my subtitle said... Uh, Soak Up the Sun by Sheryl Crow is playing with like the music notes. And I, I like that song personally. I have and to now, say, this song yeah. and the song over the credits absolutely slap. What's the song over the credits? It's Hey, Hey, Baby. Ooh. Is it really? Uh, yeah, but it's like the remix of it. I didn't know that. It's so oh, good. Man. It's so right, good. It was, playing, it. it was playing while I, uh, while I was looking at the... Um, countdown like the netflix countdown for nightcrawler right 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 yeah okay so the end of the movie they're on a yacht and now they're supposedly rich and famous Uh uh-huh and for no reason yeah and jerry o'connell is with his gal and they look like they're about to have sex again (laughs) even though they never did and then anthony anderson of course jumps into the yacht pool from like the top of the yacht and is somehow jumps into the hot tub and is okay. Like he's not harmed in any way whatsoever. And he mentions that he has a waterproof mousse. Like he's trying out like the new hair product that um, Jerry O'Connell came up with. 
And then Jerry O'Connell's narration, which I wrote down because I thought it was... Personally, wait, can I really quick? Yes. (laughs) Personally, I think, for this movie to make more sense, I think rather than becoming billionaires off of uh, which eat the rich, they shouldn't have this yacht. However, instead of becoming billionaires off of hair care, because there's no reason for this man to be a hairdresser, he should have, like, they should have, (laughs) like... And I don't believe in this. I just believe this is what the characters should have done because they're bad people anyway. They should have, like, sold, like, kangaroo fur or something. Like, got into, like, animal, like... Or, like... how about this? I'll sum it up for you perfectly. The <laughs> female lead is supposed to be, like, an environmental, like, or, like, animal conservationist. What yes. if they open a conservation place for the kangaroos? Yeah, rather than being on a yacht. Yeah. yeah, there's no with dirty money with the mafia's money. That would have worked, honestly. Yeah. Um. Okay, so Jerry O'Connell says the narration, and I would like to read it on the podcast. Thank you. So that's me, Charlie Carbone, the one with the beautiful girl, all the money I could ever want, and my best friend Lewis, who saved my life more times than he'll ever know. Yeah, this sounds like a seven-year-old's book report. Like it doesn't sound like, re- like it's it's insane. Exactly. I it, <laughs> it, this movie. I mean, it had two writers, right? It had uh, the guy who wrote Conair wrote, I think, probably the original draft of it. Yeah. Um, and then there's another guy who I can't remember the name of, but he's only written like a few movies, and they're all like Jerry Bruckheimer movies. Right. So I'm guessing he like touched up on the reshoots. And then what we got is just this. I mean, every piece of dialogue is just atrocious. Well, oh, shit. It, it's begins, so bad. it begins with like almost not. I don't even want to say a parody because it's just like, like, it's like, oh, this is Goodfellas. Like, yeah, here's Tommy Lasagna. Like, it like starts like that. And then it ends like it's like Love, Simon. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, 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 like yeah, every yeah. other movie in the world happens in between. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, uh, like it ends like it's like Perks of Being a Wallflower or something. Like it's like, and in that moment, I swear, me and Anthony Anderson were infinite. Like, while they're just like chilling in their yacht, and also, yeah, the pool that he jumps into is like two feet deep, and he like yeah, he would have like legs. Yeah, <laughs> he would have got like seriously injured. <laughs> Like, it doesn't make sense. And oh, another thing, too, is that this movie has, like, the trope of, like, um, somebody falling off a cliff and then them using their entire weight to, like, pull them back up. Yeah. Which, like, you can't do that. That's not something that you could do. Tell about the Hobson Shaw. They they did it. Well, we haven't gotten the Hobson Shaw yet, Adam. Oh, yeah, I forgot. (laughs) We didn't, uh, which notice how this episode also didn't start as ne- as last week's episode didn't. It also didn't start with the trend that I said I was going to do every week, yeah. um, reviewing a different Fast and Furious movie. No, we week. watched Bill and Ted instead. Kira came up to me <laughs> two weeks ago on the pod before started recording. She's like, "I got a great pitch. Let me if you like it." Every week I talk about the new <laughs> Fast and Furious movie. I'm like, "Okay, bet that would be great content It'll for the next It'll eight happen. to nine weeks." It'll happen. We'll, we'll watch Tokyo Drift soon. Yeah, if I'm, not tomorrow, honestly. I think um, about 
Kira watching those movies like and getting validation that she likes them more often than I care to admit. They're because, so good. Because I lost her with Marvel, and I have to know that she's going to like the Fast and Furious The friendship. only time I ever liked Marvel was probably like in the first year of our friendship. Exactly. And I sent you a picture of me in a Captain America shirt. Like, I sent it to you recently. I don't think you answered. I think you just didn't. You just I, rem- it. I was in a Captain America shirt in, like, 10th grade, maybe. And I was, like, doing a peace sign next to a big Captain America poster in my room. I'll say I remember when you, um, you liked, I think, the first Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. And you texted me, hey, I actually liked Spider-Man Homecoming. And I literally had to, like, pull my car over on the side of the road and, like, reply to you, like, because I couldn't believe it. I thought I was, like, misreading it. Well, Sean (laughs) has heard my rants after almost, like, probably, like, 15 Marvel movies, maybe more. We see them all. Yeah. And I remember uh, one time Sean said to me, um, I think it was after Avengers Endgame or maybe Infinity War, you were, like, which you've said this more than once, like, and I feel like we were talking about it recently, but, like, how, like, our parents are, like, I saw that movie, like, opening night, like, yeah, Back yeah, to the yeah. Future or whatever, and you're, mm-hmm. like, maybe someday, like, like our generation's gonna be, like, telling our kids, like, yeah, I saw Avengers Endgame, like, opening weekend, and I was, like, I've, <laughs> I've slept through, like, almost every, like, Marvel mm-hmm. movie <laughs> we've been to. So that'll be my point of pride is to say, yeah, I saw all of them opening weekend. I slept through them all. When every Marvel movie is on Disney Plus in the future, it'll be yeah. like a thing. To yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine if not to let's turn this around uh, rather than being negative, saying the theaters are going to die. Maybe all blockbusters will go to streaming and like only good movies will be. <laughs> Like, every, like, Marvel movie and, like, bad Disney live-action remake will go to streaming. And then, like, movie theaters only exist for, like, indie films and, like, foreign films and, like, Uh, in in a utopia. And, like, the only blockbusters that go to theaters are, like, Fast and Furious, Mission Impossible, and, like, John Wick and, like, the new Matrix movie. That's it. The new Batman movie is valid, too, I think. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Excuse you? I think so, yeah. The, it's Robert I, Pattinson and okay, Mascara, listen, buddy. Listen, like. I forgot that that was the Batman movie we were talking about. <laughs> but, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, maybe one day. Who knows? But until no, then, we're going to keep getting movies. I'm just trying not to be sad about movie theaters. I want uh, Regal Cinemas. They're currently playing $5 classics, and I want them to play Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> what are they showing? Um... Going off my memory, they have Empire Strikes Back, Force Awakens, The Goonies. Oh, The Goonies. What a classic. Um, oh, a classic is uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. It's oh, under the classics. Classic, yeah. Bloodshot from with Vin Diesel. Yes. It's a classic. Um, Back to the Future, they're playing Black Panther, uh, Unforgiven, the Clint Eastwood movie. And, Very cool. And a few others that I can't remember. But yeah, that's like the gist of them. Wow. So Kangaroo Jack, I guess. (laughs) I think every drive-in I've ever seen is playing Back to the Future, The Goonies, um, Grown Ups, and what else? Oh, yeah, my local drive-in's playing. uh, They were doing Grown Ups and Ricky Bobby back-to-back. And I kind of wanted to go. I was like, that that seems like a fun night. (laughs) 
Well, at ours, when we saw Fast and Furious, I said it and you laughed so hard, but uh, they did a double feature of um, Talladega Nights and Fast and Furious, and I said car night. Car, oh yeah, car night. <laughs> what a car night moment. <laughs> Wait, what was the one that I sent you recently? It was, uh, I think it was the Lorax. Oh yeah, they're doing a Dr. Seuss double feature. It was yeah. the Lorax at like 8.30, and then at 11, they were doing Cat in the Hat. Oh, that sounds great at 11 p.m., honestly. Yeah, I was thinking about like just getting zoinked and going to uh, the Cat in the Hat drive-in. Adam's getting zooted at the Cat in the Hat drive. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, when, 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 when we saw Casablanca, um, <laughs> in the car like, next to us, people were blazing at Casablanca. <laughs> <laughs> we had to close our windows. <laughs> That's a vibe. The, like, imagine, it, like, just post on Twitter like a screen cap of Casablanca and say this in a blunt. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like a, it's like. <laughs> it's like the great movie ride scene. <laughs> Casablanca. <laughs> No, but that wasn't even a joke. We had to close our windows. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, I I don't know what these people were thinking. Honestly, it sounds like a good time. (laughs) I want to hang out with them. I mean, if if they had fun, good for them. Fuck. But it's it's the environment that I'm like, this? Like, it was all, like, older people, like... I think I don't know. It's Casablanca. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I w- no, I don't want to say it. Never mind. What? <laughs> no, never mind. Okay, you do that all the time, and then you usually tell the story. So you should just tell the story. <laughs> I was zooted. Right now, Adam? I don't what? know. Um, I was zooted when I first watched Schindler's List. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, but I'm like that. That might be like problematic. No, I don't like. I don't know. Like, it's no. I literally, I have openly dreaded watching that movie for so long, and then like the first week of the pandemic being in like the. I don't know, like, it was, like, my first or second week of, like, having class at home. My teacher was, like, I hope you are all doing well in this, in these uh, terrible times. Also, remember to watch Schindler's List before next week. And, like, (laughs) like, the last movie I ever want to watch in my life is Schindler's List. Like, That's, like, how Regal was going to show Stell Alice during a global pandemic in a few weeks. Oh, that's... (laughs) Imagine (laughs) being in the middle of a global pandemic and then saying, you know what? Times are tough right now, but my local Regal Cinemas is playing Still Alice for $5. I think I should go watch that again. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I think I'm off my bullshit. Um, Sean, did you have more to say about the ending? (laughs) Yes, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Wait, really quick. I'm sorry. I was going to say it when Adam was talking about getting zooted at Cat in the Hat. Um... So I've said it before, I'll say it again. I want to redo our Cat in the Hat episode. When we have a week where we don't have anything to do, we're going to revisit Cat in the Hat. Okay. 
Oh, Mia was watching it this morning, and I it made me think of that. Um, like what you th- through through the lens of me in 2020. <laughs> and I, isn't that the episode where I told you, like that you would like obsess over Mike Myers, and you said that won't happen, and I said yes, Kira, it will. Well. Hey, that's me. I bet you're wondering how I got into this situation. <laughs> um, I wrote that in the in the description of the first Summer of Sandler episode. And the entire month, I loathed him. And then we ended with the wedding singer. <laughs> in the description of the 51st Dates episode, I said, Kira will not have a crush on Adam Sandler ever in her whole life. And then we watched the wedding singer episode. I was like... Why are they the cutest couple in the world? Why is he the best romantic comedy lead in the whole world? Like, I hate it. I hate it so much. So we're going to revisit Cat in the Hat through the lens of uh, all that I've learned in the past Who's next months. after Sandler? Like, who's left? There's nobody left. <laughs> That's what you said after, um, who was the guy before Mike Myers? Bill Hader? Like, that's what you said then. Yeah. And we still found more, so... All right. But oh, anyways, but- I'm sorry, Sean. What like was the- your last points about uh, King okay. Jack? Um, <laughs> I said um, Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal. He's like Sean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just realized we passed it to Sean like five times, and then we always interrupt him before. Uh, he's about yeah, to I up. mean, because we needed to I get, get it. Oh, shit in because we never talk about that. We never talk about the narrative of the movie, and this is just our normal banter. And I'm sorry. Talk, like, guys, yeah. I took notes on the movie. No, I it, it's good. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. I took um, notes, but then I gave up, and I wrote, there is no purpose in all caps, <laughs> and I stopped taking them. <laughs> okay, so it pans out on the yacht. It reveals that he has a helicopter launch pad that's, it says, Lilyberry Shampoo with the kangaroo. Yeah. And then Kangaroo Jack breaks the fourth wall. I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet. Where he says, why are they talking about them? They should be talking about me. I'm Kangaroo Jack. The movie's named after me. And then there's like, it looks like it's going to go into bloopers. But then he's like, I'm an, I'm a classically trained actor. I know how to do impressions. And yes. then he starts doing yep. a Dr. Evil impression. Yep. In which he says, check out my son. Minnie Rue. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I screamed, and I was like, "When that happened, I said was I, I am looking respectfully." <laughs> How I was thought, I not I was aware like, of this? That's I am what paying I... attention to this movie now. I completely forgot about it, but like as soon as it happened, I was like, "Oh, they're gonna have a field day with this." Yeah, uh, yeah. it was uh... basically that was that was probably the one part I liked from the movie. <laughs> I didn't like that part because I have a thing that's like people um, should do impressions, especially all... if you're a kangaroo. Well, that too, yeah. But also, like, <laughs> comedy shouldn't be parodying comedy. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. it's like with disaster movie and like date mo- date movie. Is that one of them? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Where, date like, movie. Napoleon Dynamite was in it, or like Borat's in one of them. Like to do that, it's just like I I feel like this is literally all of my creativity comes from this. Is just like. If you see somebody else doing an impression of something that's like very funny, it's not funny and it almost becomes like surreal. So if you have Kangaroo Jack doing an Austin Powers impression, it's like 
okay, but why? Like, imagine a kangaroo going to a movie theater and being like, one ticket for Austin Powers International Man of That's legitimately like... me every single night when I watch <laughs> That's what the inside of my brain looks like. <laughs> like, and one man. ticket for Austin Powers International Man of Mystery, please. And then Wait, because... you know, you know that meme where it's like five tickets to, it's like four tickets to Joker, please. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, four tickets to Austin Powers International Man of Mystery, please. And it's like me with like all different hair colors, <laughs> like all the colors I've ever dyed my hair. I also feel like Minnie Rue should have been in it if they were going to yeah. like mention him. Well, I would have loved to see like him... a baby raccoon. Like I'm raccoon. I just <laughs> I'm so tired. A baby kangaroo. That's what I meant. Sorry. They did show a baby kangaroo. Where? Remember? He, like, met... Another zillennial trope is, like, a heartwarming meeting with a family and, like, releasing an animal to the wild. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Except the baby kangaroo kicked him, too. Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah, of course. So... Being, like, being, like, like assaulted by an animal is also zillennial. Yeah, the kicks were crazy. Yeah. Um, I'll say that, uh... Then he says, that's all blokes. Um, With, like, the Looney Tunes circle. Yeah. And then immediately, instead of, like... I think they might play the Looney Tunes song for, like, a second. But then immediately it cuts back into Soak Up the Sun. Yeah. (laughs) And Um, and then it cuts to... Hey, hey, baby. Ooh. Ah. It cuts into that, like, immediately in the middle of, like, Soak Up the Sun. But... I also have to say, so this ending is, like, fucking insane. And it seems like, similarly to Master of Disguise, which we will never, ever cover on this podcast. This is the only time... Are you hearing that, Zach? Never. We're never Never, Zach. This is the only time I will talk about this movie on the podcast. Other than being like, that's a bad movie. So, Master of Disguise is, like, an hour long. Like, it's, like, legitimately an hour long. And Sean knows this. And there are ten minutes of outtakes over the credits so that it is a longer movie right and it's essentially just like deleted impressions that dana carvey did that they like Mm -hmm. cut out of the movie so this movie is basically just like oh shit we forgot to add more kangaroo to the movie like this movie's supposed to be about kangaroos should we add more before the credits yeah let's just get it all out in one in one part like nothing narrative. Let's just get it all out. Like all the kangaroo footage we have. Yeah. They're like, okay, we talk about like tone, like imbalanced tone in this movie. There are like two scenes where the kangaroo acts like this. Like the movie ending like this would make sense and would be like, I'm not saying it's good. But it would make sense and be okay if the rest of the movie was a slapstick comedy about a kangaroo like they promised us. And it's not. I don't even know how to categorize this movie. But, like, like, they end it in such a cartoonish way. Like, he's like, ah, I got them again. Like, he's, like, some kind of, like, Bugs Bunny character, which, yeah, they do parody it with with the Looney Tunes logo thing. But... Like, this kangaroo, his antics were just, like, these guys thought he was dead and they put a jacket on him. And it's an afterthought. Away. It's an afterthought. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, well, Dana Carvey's in that. It's <laughs> funny. And not to say that, like, a straight-to-DVD sequel is, like, 
you know, imperative to the entire franchise. But, um, like, it, Sean brought it up at the beginning, the uh, sequel, it's Good Day USA, I think it's called. Yeah. And yeah. the sequel to it is just straight up a kid's movie where he just talks the entire movie, like, as if the first movie meant nothing. Like, they retcon the first movie in the sequel. Yeah. Where he's just a talking kangaroo, straight up. Right. And I'm just like, it, it, like it's like, who asked for a Kangaroo Jack sequel animated? Like, did the first movie do that well that they were like, hmm, maybe we should go to home video with it? Like, if I was Warner Brothers, I would just, like, bury it. But they wanted to do a straight-to-DVD sequel? Like, it's honestly kind of incredible that that even happened in the first place, considering mm-hmm. how poorly received this first one was. So the guy that voices Kangaroo Jack um, was one of the leads in, oh, like the secondary lead in Coyote Ugly. So the director hired him again for Kangaroo Jack. And he's like a classically trained theater actor, which also... Kangaroo Jack promised us. Exactly. He says that. Mm -hmm. And then also he's in weirdly a lot of projects relating to agatha christie <laughs> and not only that agatha christie on the pod <laughs> he played <laughs> okay he, <laughs> yes he played oh he, wait photographer not in murder on the orient express wait i have one for kira but then he he's the also star. in death of the nile Death on the Nile. So he's like in it again. But he's like, it's not the same role. Kira, he was the rock star in uh, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Stu he's, Wolf. He's what the voice of Kangaroo Jack. And now he's, um, according to IMDb, played Italian fan in Mur- Murder on the Orient Express. And now he's playing Sid on Death on the Nile. So maybe they like bumped him up to a bigger role. Even though Damn. he's not on the poster, no, he's not. Okay. So, like, he's mainly a Broadway actor, or does he just no, like? I, I think, think he does do theater, but for some reason, he's in a lot of Agatha Christie-related projects, and I don't know why. He's friends with Agatha Christie. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. The thing about Kangaroo Jack, it sucks ass. <laughs> like that's all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> that and then I'll 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 uh, unless I'm happy to continue talking about it, but I'll I'll tell my Jerry O'Connell story. I mean, I I don't really have much else to say, other than I already said it that Nightcrawler autoplayed after. I have nothing else to say about it, so I'd love to hear this story. <laughs> um, I, uh. I'm now realizing how little this story is. I um, <laughs> previously or currently, whatever is going on with this pandemic, worked in a television show in Manhattan. Um, Jerry O'Connell is a frequent guest who also shot a pilot, if not a whole syndicated talk show uh, in the same building. So he will come on to be a co-host sometime. Um, I was checking people into the taping and all of a sudden um, we were like waiting for the last people to come in and a man walks up to me and is like, 
oh, is this the door to get into the taping for, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> the show. And I was like, um, what? And then I looked up and realized that it was Jerry O'Connell and he was just goofing around with me pre pandemic <laughs> on the sidewalk in New York. And I was like, um, your talent, please go to the door. And then I just told to like walk down the street and then he did. And then I was like, guys, Jerry O'Connell walked up to me and was joking around and they were all like, he's such an idiot. Like, why is he doing that? And I was just like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't remember when this was, but it wasn't far from when, um, we all decided to just go inside and uh, be quarantined. So, Jerry you O'Connell. Should have, uh, you should have asked him about Kangaroo Jack. You had the perfect opportunity, especially to ask him to come on the pod. Like, It's like the, um, what is it? Like those stupid documentaries people made, like My Date with Drew or like Finding Sandler or whatever. Listen, where it's like, I had a missed opportunity with this celebrity. And you blank, 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 were going blank. to do that. Because Bob Saget blocked you on Twitter. No, but we made it. We were going to document it. And then you were like, you like DM'd him and was like, hey, why did you block me on Twitter? He was like, sorry, it must have been a mistake. And he unblocked you. So we couldn't make our documentary. <laughs> right. And I'm glad that never happened because, I mean, I don't even like to talk to celebrity, talk about celebrities in this manner just because like, I'm sure it's creepy. And like, I have a million interactions with people in everyday life so like uh to be on a podcast being like jerry o'connell goofed around with me is like stupid but i just had to bring it up because no, it's funny um he's uh um i don't know it's jerry o'connell like i don't know he's a weirdo i'm sure he's a very nice man but he acts he sure acts with his face am i right (laughs) (laughs) i I'm trying to think of any, like, nothing else comes to mind that I've actually ever seen him in. Like, he was good in Piranha. He was good in Piranha. I forgot about that movie. Um, God, that existed. But Scream I think it's because he's not. Yeah, Scream 2 as well. I think Piranha, he's good in it because he's not, like, bound to the restrictions of a children's film. Yeah, he's, like, he's uh, being filthy because he's probably, fil- like, a filthy, like, his jokes are probably filthy anyway, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm looking. He has a very stacked IMDb right now. Like, just lots of TV shows, but a lot he, of movies. But he most recently of- has been trying to do um, traditional theater acting on Broadway as well. Oh, yeah. With David Allen Greer. <laughs> That's uh, unexpected from him. He's also, um, did you know, Adam, that he is the voice of superman and like every animated dc movie oh is he yeah no i don't watch a lot i don't of watch those. them i don't watch them either but i just i'm like what a choice i've only seen like a few but honestly he was probably the voice of like one of them in uh actually i watched the harley quinn show and i'm wondering if he uh he voiced superman on like the one episode that he was on because if he, he did a plus he played christian gray in scary movie <laughs> <laughs> wait the new one the like the one from 2013 yeah okay so like the parody of 50 shades of gray 
no but like scary movie yeah but like 50 shades of gray yeah. was like in it so he right, played right, that. Right, right, oh my right. god he was also um oh my god oof wait it's right. crazy that he was christian gray before the christian or the 50 shades of gray movie came out because yeah. that the movie came out in 2015 and they parodied it before it was even a movie that's, that's insane do you guys remember the NBC uh, reboot of the Monsters, Mockingbird Lane? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. he I forgot was. About it until now, but he yeah. was Herman Munster. And I was <laughs> oh, like, I, I and that. Portia De Rossi was Lily Munster, and I was like, that's really interesting. Written by Brian Fuller, who did like Pushing Daisies. I was like, why didn't that take off? Well, it was directed by Brian Singer, so thank wow. God it did not. Yeah. Oof. I forgot about that. That's a that was like 2012, right? It exactly. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah, a 2012 cause... moment. Yeah. That's like the most 2012 show you could think of. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I just I remember seeing him in Piranha in 2010, and this is a 2010 moment, being like, okay, Eli Roth is in Piranha. If Jerry O'Connell acts like quentin tarantino in this movie why didn't they just cast quentin tarantino <laughs> he would have done it probably he it he's playing quentin tarantino essentially yeah now that i'm thinking of it he he kind of is yeah <laughs> i mean yeah i all. yeah <laughs> huh aren't we all playing Tarantino? in the long run yeah me picking glass out of my foot that i stepped on before aren't we all quentin tarantino deep down i didn't know jerry was short for jeremiah (laughs) 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 i'm sure you're i'm sure you're very nice and i hope that we have another encounter um i think that you did a great job in kangaroo jack I think that um, you were just given restrictions that maybe shouldn't have been given to you and that anybody acting alongside a CGI kangaroo would do a very surreal and bizarre and bad performance. So it's not you, Jerry. Uh, Yeah, I mean, who would win in a fight? Uh, Jeremiah O'Connell or Mark Sinclair? (laughs) Oh, that took me a minute. Mark Sinclair would win, I think. Um, I think. That's a deep cut that uh, our real viewers wow. will, uh, I mean, our real listeners will understand. Our real fast heads will know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Our real, uh, our real Dom and Letty shippers would, would get that. Yeah. When you get to movie number seven, you'll find out that the street always wins. So. Oh, why'd you? Okay. It's not a spoiler. It's just okay. a... Yeah. I mean, he lives his life only a quarter mile at, the, at a time. What happens after a quarter mile? He just spirals out of control. That's the thing about uh, that, Kira, is that your life is a quarter mile. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, just you know like there's Jackie. Dom and Letty, there's... Um, there are more than 12 pages. There are 240 uh, works in Dom and Letty fan fiction on Archive of Our Own, by the and way. And, like, only, like, 187 for, are for me. So, like... <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, graphic, depictions, graphic depictions of violence 
um, there's a warning on there. Uh, there's the second one is called Brian couldn't do this. And, uh, Brian is having a hard time alone with his two kids after Mia's death. Oh, is that a spoiler? Okay. No, it's, no, it's it's fan fiction. That's just an alternate universe. Okay. Yeah. That's Um, why I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) Dom has taken off and Letty is doing spelled with two O's the best she can before she is leaving too. Part one of Fur- Furious Family. That was written two weeks ago. Adam, did you write this after we covered Fast and Furious? <laughs> no, I wrote it. Wait, like in- wait. Why have the last two episodes ended with us just scrolling through things about Fast and Furious? Uh, okay. <laughs> because last time we just scrolled through Vindy's I think Instagram. I think that's why Spectrum keeps like disabling my internet because they're like, enough with the Dom and Letty memes. We need to stop yeah. that. I just had a breakthrough. <laughs> yeah. I found Kangaroo Jack fan fiction. It's called Danger Down Under, and it was written by Lady, Lady Cordelia Stewart. Okay. Um, <laughs> Wait, the one from 2015 or the one from 2004? Because I'm finding a few. Oh, I'm finding many. Hold on. There's one from 2015. Oh, no, this is the one that you uh, are looking at, I think, uh, where they're happily married. There's pregnancies involved. Oh. This has to be ironic, right? I don't think so. There's Kangaroo Jack 2, Edge of Reason, that somebody wrote, which is uh, funny because that's a Bridget Jones uh, it's a Bridget Jones moment. Oh, boy. She also wrote uh, Pan 2015 fanfiction. Oh, good. Interesting. Wait, I found a Tumblr account that's Kangaroo Jack fan. Yeah, I found that too. <laughs> oh my god. Is but the first post on that is I haven't seen it. And then it says I haven't seen it. That's like us with the Dan in real life cover. Like we've never seen it. Yes. Yes. It's also our brand. Exactly. Kangaroo Jack to the Edge of Reason. It's rated R. It's from twenty sixteen. Yeah, I'm reading there's, one, right now. there's one from 2018 on Wattpad. Guys, Oompa Loompas are in this. Okay. I also person... don't encourage to look it up because it's definitely, like, racist. And not good. This person's memeing them. I don't know, though. It's 11 pages Wait, long. I found on Wattpad somebody... Basically... Okay, this is the description. Basically, a redone version of the funniest movie relating to marsupials. This person literally wrote their own, like, novelization of the movie. Like, it's legitimately just the movie. Fascinating. Like, they wrote it as a novelization. And they said, original content included. So, they wrote a little bit of original content included in it. But it's literally just a novelization. Um, The one I'm reading has a a prison montage scene. (laughs) is the kangaroo in prison (laughs) i don't know i feel like you know what's bizarre about all these that i'm skimming through is like a lot of them seem like they are about like the the guys but like no one's bringing up like jackie jackie legs or whatever the hell a kangaroo is named like it just seems like it's about the mob and also like charlie carbone and lewis yeah, because people probably, even if they don't know the backstory of it, they, like, understand that 
those were the only parts that were like supposed to work in that movie maybe maybe people would have liked down and under then um i mean i guess there's only one way to find out (laughs) we need to release down and under I just went down a rabbit hole where I f- saw that there was like a Kangaroo Jack lookalike on The Masked Singer. And then I was like, and then there was like an article that said, is uh, Jerry O'Connell or Anthony Mackie underneath this Kangaroo Jack lookalike? And then I just went down like a whole rabbit hole about like, was it them? And I'm very disappointed to find out it, it was neither of them. Um, but, kangaroo who Jack. Who was under the kangaroo thing? Um, Jordan Woods. I don't know who that is. Oh, yeah, because, like, wasn't she related to a boxer, and that's why she was a kangaroo? Yeah. She was Kylie Jenner's best friend that lived with her, that, like, hooked up with uh, Chloe's um, baby's father. Jesus. Um, and then was basically, like, had to, like, move out of Kylie's house, and, like, uh, like yeah, it was, like, this whole situation. Um but the, that's weird. That she, I remember that she was a kangaroo because she was like related to a boxer. Uh, I would, I would just like to say to any of the listeners, and it's not like do this because I'm saying not to. Do not look up any of the kangaroo Jack fanfiction. It's not worth it. It's horribly offensive, and I'm sorry to even bring it up. <laughs> I'm <laughs> okay. glad. The like last chapter had to do with like Doug and his teacher doing terrible things together, and like Doug, like from the Who's movie, Doug? from like yeah, the television show Doug. Oh, I don't why know why they're characters. Jack? No, I don't know. I have no idea. These are definitely like trolls. Like it says something about Mister. Like it says something about Mister Dink, and I looked up who Mister Dink was, and then I was like, "That's the teacher from Doug with Doug," and I hate this so much. And if you want to write real Kangaroo Jack fan fiction, here's my here's my plea is that somebody out there will take the movie Kangaroo Jack, like take uh-huh. the screenplay of Kangaroo Jack and Make write what you think down and under was. That should be a um a challenge. That's too much work. No, nobody do that. Unless you want to. <laughs> It'd be a good writing exercise, well, I think. Like I we did. Okay. What? I did it. Okay. I have all 120 pages to share. Okay. I'm fucking with you. I, didn't. I can't tell if this was good or not. I, <laughs> I did like, not. It was a bit. Yeah, a bit. I was like, when did you have time to do this? Because we've been talking for the past five years and you had no time to do this. I did it in the last We have been continuously. We have been just, continuously talking for five years and I know that like, you did not write <laughs> the Kangaroo Just like Jackie's legs... In the past two hours, I hopped away at my typewriter and I wrote down and under. <laughs> All right. <laughs> are we ever going to cover um, uh, Good Day USA or are we done with Jack- Kangaroo Jack? I don't know what the hell that is. I would be back on for that. <laughs> I, I Someday, think just... when we get through our 500 movies on our watch list, we'll cover that. Don't worry. I would sit through it only because I remember liking it as a child on Cartoon Network. I. Uh, maybe I should save this for the episode, but if it's going to be like in twenty years, it's fine. Yeah, it's gonna. It's not going to happen. It's going to come uh, out when Richard Linklater's next movie is coming out. Um, I watched it like uh, it was. I don't know if you guys ever went to summer camp, but yes. I, I had a. I watched it at summer camp 
like and i had to watch like they broke up into three days in a row because mm-hmm. we watched during lunch each day so i had to watch like 25 minutes of good day usa each day so i it was like a part one part two. yeah and i was invested with it i was really like into the story they should make um relating to adam's experience at camp they should make a kangaroo jack quibby series <laughs> It's wild because I think they're still releasing Quibi series. Is hey, if Quibi, if Quibi wants to hire me to write uh, a remake of Kangaroo Jack, but it will be down and under, sign me up. I got an invite to a, like a, and who cares because it's Quibi, but I got an invite to like a test screening of a Quibi movie, which mm-hmm. I didn't even know they did movies. I thought they just did shows. So um, they're like short films. I guess I don't know. Like. Invited to a movie over Zoom, like a test screening over, like where they watch you over it. That's weird. It's very weird. Um, so you know how, like, this is entirely off topic with the episode. Um, you know how Quibi's like one of their main things was like we have vertical video. Literally, Peacock has that. <laughs> Did it really? Yes, I always get YouTube ads for it that they have vertical video. Huh. Yeah. I think. Um... Dis- no, Disney Plus is not it. Um, I don't know. There's like another one that has it, but I can't remember what it is. Off the it's top of head. like pointless, but yeah. I mean, I, I watch YouTube videos. I met videos like one like that, person so. who's like wanted to watch an actual show in it. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like Facebook or Twitter videos, sure, but like a full like thing, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, or if I'm I wrong. Mean... Send me hate mail. That's fine. Yeah, let us know uh, if you watch videos vertically. I'm not even saying it condescendingly. Like, I just genuinely like don't know anyone that's interested in that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's just a sign that we should wrap it up since we're talking about <laughs> watching videos. When Quibi comes up in the conversation, you know it's <laughs> uh, <right>. gotta go. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, um, Sean. Yes. Thank you for joining us. What would you like to plug? Um, hmm. Uh, I recently started a podcast called The Seltzer Cast. Uh, each week, we I sit down with a guest, whether it be one of my close friends or just somebody that I have found interesting. And this week, we have a um, director coming on. Uh, yeah, and we just sit and we drink a seltzer together. Um, and we talk about the seltzer and we talk about whatever project they're promoting and, uh, just like a chat show. Um, but also focusing on my love for everybody's favorite zero calorie drink seltzer. So check that out. Apparently not Adams, not Adams, not a a, a lot of people. (laughs) Do do White Claws have calories? Probably. Yeah. I, I went through that entire White Claw. Hello. Hello. Adam cut out, I think. Okay. So <laughs> check out the Seltzercast. <laughs> check out the Seltzercast on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there, hopefully, I think. Um, yes. Other than that, yeah. Check us out. Yeah. Uh, society has surpassed the need for Adam. Uh, I'm going to not plug Mike Myers Movie Club because you guys all know it already. Yeah, come to Mike Myers Movie Club. I host Every, that with Kira. Okay. 
<laughs> if you listen to the rest of the episodes, you just hear me getting more and more tired as I go on with my promotion of Mike Myers Movie Club. Every single one of our listeners is in Mike Myers Movie Club, I'm pretty sure. So if you want to join it, you know where to find us. Tinyletter.com slash Mike Myers Movie Club. My Twitter is at garlic emoji. Those are the words garlic emoji. Um, Adam. Adam left. Adam left. Adam is gone. His He's internet. Stop making you reject. Okay. I would uh, wait. Can I say? Adam, follow Adam on Twitter at Adam Not Sandler. Um, <laughs> Sean Wells. Follow else? me on Twitter at Sean underscore P O'Brien. It's O'Brien with an E. Follow the Seltzer Cast on Twitter at Seltzer Cast. Follow us on Instagram at Seltzer dot Cast. That's like period. Uh, Cast. Yeah, we just got a, a notification over the screen that said Adam has left. Adam's gone, so uh, he's not so going to be following us on social media, but you at, guys should. Okay, so at Adam Not Sandler on Twitter, and also make, make sure you listen to uh, Adam's podcast with Joe, which is Aggressively Okay, where they talk about movies. Uh, Joe is an enemy as well as a friend of the pod. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so Adam said Spectrum was like, shut up. That's what he texted me. Uh, that they they uh, glitched out his internet because we were going on too long. And they didn't want to hear about Kangaroo Jack anymore. Alright. So, thank you, Sean, for joining us. It was a pleasure. Um, I hope that everybody enjoys this two-hour-long podcast, which is longer than the film Kangaroo Jack. Um, yeah. And hopefully better than the film Kangaroo Jack. I think it is. Alright. Yeah. Alrighty. Alright, thanks. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.